Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Happy Tuesday, my lovelies. It's podcasting day. So excited for you to hear today's episode. Kristen is one of my favorite people. And if you are someone whose um, decision on a, about abortions was impacted by financial reasons, I know for me it wasn't number one, but finances were high on the list. Um, having another child is is not inexpensive. And so... If finances were an impact on your decision, I just wanted to tell you that in my $9 a month membership called the Full Spectrum Space, we're doing a seven-day money challenge, so a seven-day money energetics challenge, and we're really just playing with the energetics of finances and money and um, kind of boosting and lightening um, our pocketbooks, <laughs> our bank accounts, our piggy banks. Um it's a really fun challenge. I've run it with probably a hundred people in the past, but it's been a long time. <laughs> the results were really fun before. So that membership is a safe space for you to come hang out with us. It's not focused on abortion. It's actually much more strongly focused on all of our reproductive health. Um, there's a fair number of us who are experiencing perimenopause right now. So it is a reproductive well-being life coaching space including things like this money energetics challenge. So today's a perfect day to join us in there. You will not miss any parts of the challenge. And like I said, it's not focused on abortion, but you get me. (laughs) And it is a, a safe, brave space to talk about your abortion as well. So come join us and enjoy today's episode. Okay, good morning. I am not sharing video, but I'm recording this in my pajamas because that's how we do it on this show, almost 200 episodes in. (laughs) Oh, today's guest, Kristen King, did in fact get dressed. So you, you know, you can imagine her in her pretty red sweater. Um, Kristen, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. This is your second time here. Um, But you are launching your own podcast soon. And since we recorded, um, you've actually, actually, you've switched your business focus a little bit since we recorded. And you and I have both been through a certification and a course slash training. I don't even know what that thing is we're in now. What is it? It's just a course, right? It's just a course. (laughs) Yeah. It's not a certification. It's just like an orientation to this positive intelligence content but we get nothing at the end except yeah. our own our own increased skills and self-awareness that's right it's bullshit actually it's awesome but <laughs> it actually is awesome and for me it's pulling together like a lot of it's kind of like like glue pulling together a lot of things so anyway since we recorded both of us have continued learning continued growing continued evolving um, and 
the is your new podcast mostly going to be business focused it's so my my shift in my business has been explicitly to being a, a business coach for service-based entrepreneurs but i am really a coach for the human who is the entrepreneur the human who has the business so there is a lot of businessy stuff like here's how to do this understand the strategy blah 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 but there's also like, how do you function as the person who has the business? And what does that actually look like? Because this shit doesn't happen in a vacuum. So on the one hand, yes, it is going to be business focused because it's all going to have an impact on your business. But on the other hand, everything in your whole fucking life has an impact on your business. So no. So yeah. yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, um, you know, everything in our life kind of weaves together and shows up in multiple places. So when you're listening to a podcast, which will be titled Cor- Correct Fuck Me to Fuck Yeah. Yes. From, from Fuck Me to Fuck Yeah with integrative business coach, Kristen King. Oh my God. It's going to be so good. I'm um, so excited. <laughs> just the title. You can see how any listeners who um, are here because they've had abortions and are are taking the Fuck Me to Fuck Yeah journey. <laughs> um everything weaves together and shows up in all the places so um do you have any official introduction you would like to offer the audience um or should we just start chatting I mean I think you we should just start chatting so far <laughs> yeah I said a lot so far I think the yeah. only thing um that might be contextually relevant for the current times as we're recording this it is May 8th 2023 and Florida has recently passed legislation that is banning care for transgender youth under the age of 18. They've also passed legislation that effectively uh, defines uh, transgender uh, care, any kind of gender affirming care as child abuse, which is now a capital offense in Florida. So um, if you are convicted of this, and just to be clear, the law is explicitly written. So anyone who is involved with providing evidence-based medically appropriate developmentally appropriate gender affirming care to a child will will be convicted under this law like there's no way around it parents or medical providers like it's just literally how it's written um can be sentenced to death if four out or i'm sorry if eight out of 12 jurors agree and i have a transgender child and so i'm very much in like a fuck you place <laughs> in yeah. a lot of areas of Me my too. life um, and I'm, uh, so I'm like, I'm like heated up about some stuff. And I think that that context might be important for this conversation. So I, uh, so I want to mention that, but I think the formal introduction, we already covered it. Yeah. I mean, it, I, it is so deeply important and interlinked, um, the entire LGBTQ plus movement, um, with the abortion movement, so many of these laws just, are doing the same damage. Um, yeah, so, and, it, and it's, specifically, it's specifically relevant to abortion. So I, I don't live in Florida, but I have family in Florida my, that my children can never visit again because part of the the thing that they passed is also that the state of Florida can like kidnap your children if they believe they're in giant air quotes at risk of receiving gender affirming care or living in a home where someone else is. <laughs> it's, it's fucking batshit crazy. But with the capital sexual, sexual battery law, the one about, um, you know, ch- abuse against children that carries a death penalty. Um, one of the, the like black marks against you that checks a box for conviction is a felony conviction. And with the um, Florida six week abortion ban, 
if you are, you know, obtain an abortion in Florida after six weeks and you haven't met these very narrow, uh, you know, qualifications to be excused or to, to be grandfathered in or whatever the fuck the language is, um, that's a felony. And so in this, this law, it's not any, it's not a, a sexually based felony conviction. It's any prior felony conviction. So people who have obtained an abortion now that this ban is in place already have a prior felony now if if they have been caught doing that. Um, and also Florida is disproportionately likely to saddle black and brown people with inappropriate felony convictions. Um, and I, I wrote an article about this. I can give you the link if you want it. Yeah, so, sure. you know, women and people of color are substantially more likely to be um, you know, to be sentenced under these new laws. And it's all about basic bodily autonomy. And it's about yeah. criminalizing the body that you exist in, whether it's a transgender body or a body that can, you know, that has a uterus and ovaries or a body with a black or brown casing. Like all, all of these things are about criminalizing bodies and taking control of bodies. And so I think it's super relevant to this whole conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned some, you mentioned like, I'm in, I'm in a bit of a fuck you place. And so I want to talk about how do we, because I think this isn't a skill that I've always had that I could show up and be of service in like a functional, semi-intelligent way when I was in a fuck you place, right? Like, Mm -hmm. That's a learned skill, I think, to be able to continue showing up and serving and, um, you know, writing to legislators or just speaking on social media or storytelling or coaching or whatever it is when you're in that rage-filled fuck you place. So I just felt important for me to note that, that like um, we can, it it is a learned skill and some of the tools we've been learning recently about coming back into our bodies, recentering our senses, being in the present moment, like commanding our minds to say like, you have a body, you are here, make some room, breathe, think creatively. Some of those skills we we have and know allow us to show up from a fuck you place. Um, <laughs> when that is our, that is our like passionate reaction. Um, but I think that's really important because so many people after their abortions are just so distraught by their anger and their frustration and their shame um, that there's a misconception like I can't I can't speak up I can't help I can't make a difference until I've he- healed my own wounds and like partly that's true and partly that's not true um I have a whole series on my podcast called taking inspired action for abortion. And I think like we can do it at the same time, right? Like when we're fighting for our transgender child, we can still make a difference when we're healing after abortion, we can still make a difference. That felt important to say. Yeah. And I want to add on to that. I think part of the reason that, um, that people struggle with those big feelings, whether it's related to abortion or something else is this idea that we're not supposed to have them, that right. we have to get past them first, or we have to disappear them. And I just want to say that's complete bullshit. And when we develop the skill of allowing 
whatever emotion is there. When we develop the skill of self-compassion, which really is a skill, it is a concrete learnable skill to not be an asshole to yourself when you're having bad feelings, like feelings that you label as bad or feelings that feel bad in you. Um, when you develop those skills, it's a lot easier to turn that rage, that anger into productive energy that fuels you toward whatever you want. And sometimes what you want is just to like sit there and be mad and like, I don't know, die mad, like whatever, it's fine. But sometimes you want to use it for something. And I'm in a place where I want to use it for something. I sat in it for a little while because I just wanted to be unproductively mad. Um, and I think that was actually very productive. It just wasn't outwardly producing something in the world that was observable by other people. But what it produced in me was acceptance of my emotion and validation of my experience. And I needed that first. Mm -hmm. And so I think there, there's not only pressure to get rid of the feelings, but then if you have the feelings, you have to use them in quote unquote, the right way. And rushing that is the wrong way to use the feelings because it, it pushes them away instead of letting them be there. Now, is it morally wrong? No, it's not a character defect, but it's, it's wrong in that it, it doesn't allow you to fully feel them. And you are allowed to fully feel them. So it is unnecessary. And you don't have to force yourself into doing something quote unquote productive to be allowed to be mad. You can just be fucking furious. And that's totally valid and allowed. Mm, absolutely. Um, I think one of the skills I've learned over time is I misunderstood or was misfed the personal development self-growth world to believe that it should look like I love myself with these big feelings which is fine and great but that difference between I love myself in this anger I'm having and I have compassion for myself in this anger I'm having I have compassion for myself with these big feelings is really quite significantly different wouldn't would you agree <laughs> agree because I, I I mean so love is a feeling and love is an action and there's lots of things we could say about love I'm not sure that I do love myself when I'm furious I might be impressed with myself I might admire myself I might annoy the shit out of myself but I'm not sure that I consistently love myself with my big feelings but I can acknowledge their validity and my right to have them and I think that is a really important distinction between the love piece and the compassion piece. Yeah. I can also feel like empathy for the parts of me that feel multiple different ways and say like, of course I feel that way. Of course, part of me is relieved and part of me is furious and part of me feels ashamed. Of course, that doesn't mean I like it. It doesn't yeah. mean I love it, but I, but I can validate it and own it and honor it. And it's okay to feel however I feel. And, and I do think that's a significant difference. Yeah. And you and I are both parents, but anyone who's ever been around a kid that they have some love for in any way knows this, right? It's like your kid can be having a massive, seemingly ridiculous tantrum about fruit snacks <laughs> and in their rage and in their like, you know, in their big feelings it's um, it's hard. It's hard to love a kid when they're a maniac. It's hard to love a kid when it feels like they're a, a little big asshole in a tiny body. But 
We, we do, we have, we like, it's compassion that brings us to that place. It's empathy and sympathy and yeah. 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 It's funny. I had a conversation with my son yesterday and that he found quite annoying actually, which I know because he told me, I forget what he did, but he was being like kind of a dick. And I was like, look, man, when you do stuff like this, it doesn't make me love you less, but it definitely makes me not want to be around you. And he's like, like what? He's like, it's so annoying how you always tell me when you give me feedback, but it doesn't make you love me less. I know. Stop (laughs) telling me. And I'm like, okay, well you, you know, you tend to take things pretty hard and to like be kind of hard on yourself. So I just want to make sure that I'm not like giving you fuel to use against yourself in that way. He's like, mom, I know you love me. You don't have to tell me all the time. I'm like, okay, sorry. But listen, when I stop and then you like, think I hate you because you did something shitty. And I told you it was shitty. You're not allowed to complain about me, not reassuring you of my love. He's like, fine. Like, okay, bro. I'm imagining you like not saying it anymore, but pulling this little like um like a protest poster sign out of your back pocket that says, I love you unconditionally. <laughs> like the words don't be... come out of your mouth, but you just like slide it out of your back pocket and hold it up as you continue. <laughs> that would be hilarious. That's where and my I brain need... went. <laughs> I need to do that now or like set a set some sort of like voice command on my phone that it will like automatically text him that phrase or something right. like that. <laughs> and then he'll go read it later and be like, what the fuck, mom? I'm dying. Ooh, That'd be so okay. great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, can we talk about one of your favorite things to talk about, which is fuck around and find out, right? It's like, just get out there, play with it, make it messy, try it on, um, evaluate. And one of the things I've said more than anything else in this podcast is just keep trying. If that thing didn't work, try something new. If that thing didn't work, try something new. If you're still having a hard time with your abortion feels, you know, and you've tried this, this, and this, try the next thing. And to me, that's very much just fuck around and find out. With the added, it's not that one thing from my belief system, there may be things that actually don't work and are harmful, but mostly it's like, it's not that that one thing didn't work or wasn't useful. It just needed another flavor added on top of it. It needed another puzzle piece to connect to it. And so the more you try, the more you fuck around and find out, the more you're like putting the puzzle together, whether it's business puzzle, healing puzzle, um, whatever it is. So um, what does that sound like in your words when you tell people to fuck around and find out? So I actually teach my clients how to fuck around and find out with the FAFO method, fuck around, (laughs) find out, F-A-F-O. And there's like a worksheet and shit. But the gist of it is it's really about like coming up with something that you think will have the desired effect and then designing a way to test it. Mm. And it doesn't have to be, you know, super complicated. Like you don't have to write like 3000 word uh, description of the experiment you're going to run and then, you know, do formal data collection or any of that shit. But you're coming up with a hypothesis. I think it will feel better if I X. I'm going to test this out by doing, you know, A, B, and C for this amount of time. And I'm going to be looking to see if I feel less angry, more at home in my body, more optimistic about the future, whatever the thing is that you actually want. 
and this this shit could happen on like a post-it it doesn't have to even be like formally captured in any way but the idea is like I want to feel better and I think I'll feel better if I x and this is the area that I'm trying to feel better so I'm going to go try it and see what happens and we we literally that's all life is right like we do this over and over and over again I think I'll feel better if I get this job. I think if I put this on my application, I will get this job. I think if I show up this way to the interview, I'll do it. Um, it's, it's not just business. It's not just relationships. It could be, I think if I, you know, drop this many hints, then my partner will buy me that thing, like shortcut. You can just tell them you want it or you could buy it for yourself, but whatever, if you want to elicit a purchase from someone else and then be the recipient of said purchase, you know, you can design an experiment to see what happens. And the whole point of the game is to find out. Mm. Sometimes we find out that stuff didn't work the way we thought it would. Sometimes we find out that that was helpful, but not completely sufficient to accomplish the task. Sometimes we find out that it is actually harmful or that we completely fucking hate it. None of this shit is a failure because the point of the game is to find out. So if you found out, you nailed it. And sometimes what you'll find out is that didn't help. It actually made it worse. And that is still useful information because it helps you figure out what not to do again and where to go next. Mm. And I think that one, especially when there's big feelings involved and those feelings are really raw and really close to the surface and just like a, a breeze passing over them is excruciatingly painful. We're very sensitive to the perception that we have failed. And it's really important to reframe our perspective on this, that there's no way to fail because all we're doing is finding out. And the more we find out, the more powerful we get. Mm -hmm. And the only way to truly find out is to fuck around. So we discover what happens when we do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my, um, my Amanda brain interpretation of that was asking myself what might help how can I test it what did I find out yes and remembering that the finding out results are always changing so for instance being outside going outside for a walk in nature if you want to up the game (laughs) is good for mental health but Sometimes you might go for a walk outside and be like, that was a terrible idea. Now I'm even more miserable. Wish I just stayed home. So just because, so that's the finding out results are always changing, right? Like just Mm -hmm. because a walk in nature or chocolate cake felt good one time doesn't mean you're good to go. You got the easy button. This process of what might help, how can I test it? What did I find out is a constant thing that we just get um, almost turn into a habit of like cycling. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I, I always tell people, this is the most effective strategy that you need for any area of life or business. Cause it's really the only one that matters. There's a, there's this perception. And I think that this is really reinforced a lot by white Western culture and industrialized society and public education and what it takes to be a good employee that you, you have to know what's going to happen. You have to figure it out before you can start. And that if you don't already know what the result is going to be, that you can't do things until you have figured them out. 
And I think that is absolute garbage because the only way to really figure stuff out is to do it. You might learn things about it, but you don't actually figure it out until you put it into practice and until you see what happens. Now, there are some uh, sort of exceptions to that, but they're not really exceptions because you've already figured this shit out. You mm -hmm. don't need to jump off of a building to test the mm -hmm. hypothesis that you can fly because you already know that you can't. Mm -hmm. So like you've already figured that one out. We don't need to do stupid things in the service of FAFOing. But if you're like, I don't know what will make me feel better. So I can't interact with humans until I figure it out. That is just unnecessary self-torture because the only way to know what's going to make you feel better in any given situation is to try shit and determine whether you feel better after having tried it. So this, yeah. this isn't the kind of stuff that you can like desk jockey it or hypothesize it and then draw a conclusion purely from the hypothesis. You have to actually try it and see what happens. And it is going to be different. The stuff that makes me feel better related to my brother's death is different from the stuff that makes me feel better related to a grandparent or a friend's death. And each of those are, are different, unique to that person and to what's happening in me in that day. So just because chocolate cake or going for a walk helps with some stuff doesn't mean it's going to help with this thing on this day. And the more we fuck around and find out, the more tools we actually find could be useful in any given situation. So it's really a gift to do that for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I know my listeners, though, I know some of them are jumping to conclusions when we say things like there's no way to fail or, you know, even the like, there are exceptions, don't jump off a building because some of them are getting feisty back there with their listening ears and they're like, yeah, but I fucked around. Again, this language, it's all really got to pl be played with in one's ear <laughs> and adapted for each personal listener. But like mm -hmm. I had the abortion in their minds, it sounds like I killed my baby and now I'm doomed. And I think some some things in life are in a sense, bigger risks we take. And mm -hmm. I remember with my own abortion, ha being still pregnant and saying to myself, like, look, Amanda, you may terminate this pregnancy because you think it's the best choice and you may regret that. And one of the ways you can have your back is to then prepare your body for another pregnancy, not beat yourself up for the tissue that you let go. And mm -hmm. so I think we have to, you know, a lot of my work and Kristen knows me personally in the sense that like, I, I tend toward big black and white <laughs> extremes. And we have a lot of us have this reaction like, yeah, but my situation was extreme. Yeah, but terminating my pregnancy was extreme. There's no way to come back from that. And it's just not true. We may need help figuring it out with another person. We may need lots of perspective with coaches or therapists or partners. But if you're one of those people right now who's letting your brain go all the way to the extreme, there's no way back from this. I can't find out. I can't learn. I can't grow. It was a failure. That's a really good sign to like get some help to come back toward the middle. Yeah. And I, I would, I would um, add to that. I think it's not a rule that it's true. 
it's not a rule that you can't come back from this, but it is an option. You get to decide that this is the thing you don't come back from and to not allow yourself to come back from it and choose not to. And that is totally okay. You Mm -hmm. are allowed to do that. So if you actually don't want to come back from this, if you don't want to feel differently about this, if you don't want this to be just one thing about you instead of the thing about you, you're allowed to do that, but you're not required to do that. That's not the only way it can be. And for some folks, I I haven't had that specific experience, but I've had others. And I, and I know other people who've had similar and different experiences. There may be a period of time that you don't want to come back from it. You may not want to move past it. And my recommendation to be, to you would be that you honor that and that you mm-hmm. not try to force yourself to do it and don't like gaslight yourself into some like false experience of moving on. If that's not what you want, like you yeah. get to be mad and you get to grieve and you get to feel regret and you get to be angry and you, you get to do all of that stuff for however long you want to. And if you decide at some point that you want to do something different, this is the way you get to something different. Yeah. But you're not actually required to do that. And there's nothing wrong with you if you don't want to. Yeah. This is slightly related to this idea of like, everything happens for a reason, right? It's like, that makes I, me so mad, Amanda. Right? I, know, I, know. I know. We've already talked about this. You know how I feel about that phrase, but right. I was so mad. I had to say it out loud already. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I was going to say something, but do you want to jump in Sorry. and and, t- and say how you think that's related and, um, and how you talk about it in a way that's less infuriating? <laughs> I won't forget what I was going to say. So do you want to finish your thought or did no, I, I mean, my general take on that is always <laughs> like, um, if you want a reason, there's always a way to make it. Nothing has, nothing is set in stone. It's like, oh, this happens so that you can save children who have cancer. This happens so that you can, it's not a sentence. This is all by choice, just like bodily autonomy. It's like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what, like mental autonomy, (laughs) like, right? Like we get to decide if we want there to be a reason, if we want there to be a gift, if we want there to be something beautiful that came, like if we want to honor our abortions by creating a reason we like and, and feels purposeful, great. If we want to honor our abortions, like you said, by just being mad for the rest of our lives, it's fine. Like we get to do it however we want to do it. Um, But yeah, my take on everything happens for a reason. It's like, yeah, if you want to make one, excuse me. Yeah. And I I would agree with that. And I would also say that most of the time when people say everything happens for a reason, they're saying it, but because they want you to shut up and they're uncomfortable with your actual emotions. They're like, you know, everything happens for a reason. God never gives you more than you can handle, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, go fuck yourself. Like, I don't find that helpful. It's very dismissive. However, what is not dismissive, what is actually really additive, and I think at times beautiful, is this thing happened and you get to decide what happens next. You get to decide what meaning you attach to this experience. It's like you're saying, like, you get to, you get to pick the reason and you have the power to decide what that reason is. 
And I, again, this is a, a little bit of a different situation, but when my brother died, people, he died in an accident without getting into exquisite detail here. So if, if you've had a loss and you don't want to hear about this fast forward, like 15 seconds, he, um, he was hood surfing on a car and he slid off the car and the car ran over him and he died. It was a terrible accident. It was like, I'm sure they had done it a million times and nothing bad had ever happened. They never would have done it if they'd known, but it was just, it was just a horrible accident and he died. And people would come up to me at the funeral and be like, everything happened for a reason. And I'm like, yeah, the reason he was a fucking moron. That was the reason. The reason is that he did something stupid and dangerous. And then the dangerous thing happened and he died. That was the reason. There's not like Mm -hmm. a greater universal purpose to this shit. Stop trying to tell me that like, you know, people say like God wanted another angel. I'm like, you're saying God murdered my brother because he couldn't just create another angel. Like, no, fuck off. Go away. But. Here's the thing. Like sometimes the reason is that shit is fucked. That's the reason. But that doesn't have to be where we stay. And what I have used that experience for is to pursue a much broader understanding of the impact of trauma on mental health. It has led me to become much more trauma-informed and aware. It has informed my entire career. It has allowed me to be an incredible support for other people who are going through massive loss or dramatic life-changing experiences like an abortion or the the death of a child or cancer or things like that because I've developed so much more empathy and so much more comfort with being in the dark places and so much more patience and um tolerance is not really the word that I'm looking for because it sort of like suggests like an intolerance but like willingness to be with and to like survive through really difficult horrifying stuff and so is that the reason my brother died no He didn't die so I could learn those skills, but I used his death to, to help myself learn those things and to create my own meaning from it. And like, you get to do that too, with whatever has happened. That's not the only place in my life that I've decided to use it for something, but it took a long time for me to get there. It took, you know, years and years for me to get to that. And I still, I, you know, he's, he's been dead for 20 years, just this past March and I'm still working on it. Um, you know, some days are better than others, but I decided the meaning I attached meaning to it. And, and some, some people find this upsetting. Some people find it reassuring. I'm someone who finds it reassuring life is empty and meaningless. Like there is no inherent meaning to this shit. We fill it up. We decide what it means. We decide what we're going to do. And there's not a rule that your life has to be over after abortion or anything else that happens to you. And I use that language intentionally because, yeah, you, you hopefully you made a conscious choice to terminate a pregnancy and that wasn't something that was forced upon you. I'm, I'm hopeful that's the case. If it's not the case, there's still nothing wrong with you. But you had that experience. That experience happened to you and you exerted the choice that was available to you in that process. And you get to decide that that's the thing that happened to you, not something that's wrong with you you are allowed to make that decision. And I don't need to know you to tell you that I know with every cell of my body that there is nothing wrong with you because of that. It does not make you deficient. It's just a thing that happened in your life and you had good reasons for it. And you don't need to spend the rest of your life paying for it because you already fucking paid for it. Yeah. Um, My brain can easily turn around the answer to this question, but I want to ask you, like, what about the people who feel the pressure 
of it, and this is, again, this is what you spoke to. I'm just going to ask it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, who People who feel the pressure of, if I don't give this purpose, if I don't learn something from this, then I don't, I don't even know what the word vain means. Like then it happened in vain. Is that like a religious thing? <laughs> I, I think um, it is. But like, but like it was yeah. wasted. I ruined it. I like, like people who turn that into pressure, like, what do we say to them where it's like, well, if I don't make this mean something, if I don't make my life better, if I don't go earn all that money, if I don't take care of my family in X amount of ways, then I ruined the opportunity that I was given. Like, can you hear that voice I'm talking about? (laughs) I can, I can. And I, I have a couple different responses to it and I'm checking them in my brain because I think that I think that some of them may initially sound a little bit dismissive and I that's definitely not what I want to go for here. Um, but I want to kind of like snap us out of that, like that thought process, because here's the thing. Not everything has to have deeper meaning. Like yes. I bought Lucky Charms because <laughs> I wanted Lucky Charms. Yes. Like I have an abortion because for whatever reason, and it really doesn't matter why, I did not want to carry a pregnancy to term and then push or have cut out of me a like a human and then have to figure out what the fuck to do with that human. Like yes. there, there doesn't need to be deeper meaning. I didn't want to be pregnant. Like that's a good enough reason. That's the meaning. And yes. like, it doesn't matter why. It doesn't matter why. And if you did want to be, but you felt that it was like untenable and impossible for your situation, that doesn't invalidate this. That was the reason it was untenable and impossible for your situation. It didn't feel doable. And so you picked the thing that was doable. That's the meaning. Yeah. Awesome. Right? Like that is enough. That has to be it. You don't have to like, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Sometimes a decision is just a decision and you made it and you're good and just carry on, man. Like you don't have to, you don't have to like come up with like a one woman show to justify it and like go teach the world, like just go live your fucking life. Yeah. That's, that's how we add meaning. We just go live our fucking lives. Right. So it doesn't matter why, unless I want it to matter why, which comes back to a whole nother conversation. I don't want to get into exactly like right now, which is like honoring what you want. Do you want it to matter? Why then then play around. If you don't want it to matter, why then move on? Like comes back to that. Like, what do you want from this? That's what you mm-hmm. get to create. So, yeah. um, and I just want to circle back to like your formula, which I don't remember what it was, but I turned it into my questions. You can fuck around and find out with your reason, with your purpose, with your honoring, right? Like, yeah. What might help to believe was the reason? How can I test it? What did I find out? It's the same thing over and over again. You're just trying on like, what if I made it mean this? Would that feel good? Nope, that doesn't feel good. Try again. And so it's all, it all circles back to the same stuff. It's not just like, it's not just let me try on going for a walk because I think it might help. It's like, let me try on believing this thing because I think it might help. And I'm going to see what happens when I believe that thing what mm-hmm. like what's the um what results does it create and do I like them do I want more of them do I want less of them um yes. yeah yeah exactly and I, I think something this is maybe a little bit far afield but let me see if I can bring it back in 
I think something else that um, people will often make themselves wrong for and is often part of the the dialogue around abortion is that if you if you have an abortion, you're taking the easy way out and that yeah. you're not taking responsibility for your choices. And that that enrages me at least as much as if not more than everything happens for a reason, because you you are taking responsibility for your choices because you are handling the situation by either ending a pregnancy or continuing a pregnancy. Like both of those are ways of taking responsibility and neither of them is the easy way out. They're two different forms of taking responsibility and they both come with challenges and things that are wonderful and neither of them is easy. And so if there's any part of you that is trying to tell yourself, well, I fucked around and what I found out is that I'm an irresponsible asshole who doesn't deal with the consequences of my choices. Like I want to just offer you that's complete bullshit and you don't have to keep it because you made a decision about how you were going to handle the situation. And then you carried through with that decision. And that was a very mature, responsible thing for you to have done. And there are many mature, responsible options available. And you picked this one and that does not make you any less responsible. It doesn't make you a slacker. You don't have to atone for shit because of that. Like you've already, you, you did the thing that you did. You've already paid your dues and you are allowed to go carry on with the life that you have. What she said. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> um, well, this has been great. Is there anything you came on wanting to talk about that we haven't touched or you feel like a listener needs to hear or was that sort of a roundup for you are we missing anything I mean we're Um, always missing everything and we always come with everything but yeah I like to ask that question (laughs) we could probably do like seven more episodes and still not run out of stuff but I think the thing that I want to just reinforce is that um oh actually it's a reinforcement but it's it is also something I wanted to add is that there's nothing wrong with being angry. You are allowed to be angry. And people will talk about productive anger and destructive anger. And I have a little bit of a different definition of those things because I think they're both really good. Destructive anger is the kind where you're going to like tear shit down or abandon shit or stop doing shit or put a stop to shit because that anger, that rage, that frustration, whatever is going to fuel you to put an end to something that needs to end. And then the productive anger is the thing that drives you to do what's next. And when you're in like a really fuck you place, when you are just filled with rage, that's how you move forward is you use the anger to tear down the shit that needs tearing down and then to fuel you to build up the shit that needs building up. And you can do that on a personal internal level. You can do that in the context of whatever family looks like to you or community looks like to you. You can do that on like a broad, regional, national, global level. It doesn't matter. But like you get, if you can't be fueled by like hope and joy and inspiration, be fueled by rage and spite and indignation. I don't fucking care. But like you just get to get the job done, whatever that is. And you get to feel however you feel. And please, please, please do not make yourself wrong if angry is part of that. Because we need more people to be angry instead of just going along. We need that. And if that's how you feel right now, great. If it's not, don't force it. But if it is, that gets to be meaningful too. And there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. And 
again, whole nother conversation, but wouldn't you, would you agree that on the, if there were sides of this abortion conversation, anti and pro, the, the rage of the anti side, which is you're killing babies. Um, we need more white Christian people in the world. <laughs> I mean, uh, whatever that extreme is, that that determination is fueled by like a rage of how can you be doing this? And it yes. contributes to a really long game for that mm-hmm. side of the argument. And the other side of the argument, I think sometimes out of a desire to like calm down and be respectful and honor everyone's feelings tucks away some of that rage that could be power. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's one of my, um, I can't think of the right word, but something that, something that challenges me a lot is I tend to be very analytical and I want to be reasonable. I want to reason and like make a case for things. And I think that a lot of times um, I and other people suffer unnecessarily because I'm unwilling to, when I'm in some of those conversations to just be in the feeling of it. Cause yeah. I'm like, no, I want to be rational and not crazy and like, whatever. But like, no, like that's, that sometimes like you need to be quote unquote irrational because those are all rational emotions to have mm-hmm. in response to this situation. And, um, and I do think that there's some, um, I can't think of the right word, but some like hobbling that we do to ourselves. Like we like duct tape our wrists together almost, or like, you know, like tie our ankles together. So we can only kind of hobble instead of running by not allowing the emotions to be part of the conversation and trying yeah. too hard to be reasonable. And yeah. and it takes away the humanness of that experience. And so that's something that I'm, I'm kind of working on trying to bring more of for myself into some of those conversations, because I think when we are too rational or too reasonable or whatever, we, we forget that this does have a real impact on human beings and, yeah. and it goes beyond the the rational arguments there's there's a lot more to it than that yeah that is reminding me of myself and my like decades of desire to like think like the and I don't really like the term but think like the devil's advocate right like let me look at this from everyone's perspective so I can understand versus just being like this is how I feel (laughs) yeah that Part of that I've seen over time comes from my desire to people please and like keep things calm and not have confrontation. Um, Part of it's really useful. It is really useful to see things from many, many different perspectives, but it does dilute the, the genuine feeling that I have before my brain switches to like, how many different ways can we look at this? <laughs> so yeah. I agree with you personally that I too am trying to honor my true feeling as much or more as my ability to see it from many perspectives. Yeah. And I think to not to go too far off topic here, but going back to the the gender affirming care conversation, I and you and I have talked about this privately. I, I think that at the end of the day, we're all kind of on the same team 
And the team is like, kids are safe. The, the thing where we differentiate, though, between people who are proponents of gender affirming care for youth and people who are op opponents of it is that like the, the people who oppose it don't have a clear understanding of what it actually is. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if what they thought they were protecting children from was the thing that's actually happening, then we would be on the same page <laughs> about that because that shit yeah. would be fucking appalling. Right. Like the information that this opposition is based upon is not accurate information. But if that were truly what was happening, yeah. there is not a single rational human being on the planet who would say, no, we should absolutely be doing that. But the difference is that I know what it actually is. And I know that the thing that we really need to protect children from is not having access to life saving medical care. Because, yeah, what you're talking about would be horrifying if it were happening, but it's not what's happening. You have mislabeled the situation and you're wrong. Yes. And like that is incorrect. And to rationally argue about that with someone who's terrified and really thinks that they are crusading to save innocent victims of something terrible, they can't understand like the rational argument about it. They need to like emotion needs to be met with emotion. Yeah. And and that's where the shift starts to happen because at the end of the day, we basically all want the same things, but we don't all have an accurate understanding of what's actually happening right now. Yes. And that's where that's where the disconnect happens. And when we can be in the presence of those emotions and we can say, why do you feel so strongly about this? Then we can meet it with an appropriate emotion. It's not to, it's not to go into this reasonable like pro-con list shit, but it, but it is to say like, yeah, you feel strongly and here's why, but let me tie into that emotion with my emotions so we can get more closely aligned here. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really like yeah. path out of so much of this stuff. Yeah. And on the abortion side, that's like when the lies you're being fed are that you're like killing this sweet nine month old baby in a crib. And that's what you're fighting and angry about, but it's not anywhere near what's actually happening with the tissue mm -hmm. of a six week fetus or whatever. Or yeah. a, a, a very ill and wanted child later in a pregnancy. Like when that's, when you're not fighting with the truth, then shit gets real messy. Yeah. And that's the thing. And that's where it's hard. It's hard to reason with that. But when yeah. emotion can be yeah. met with emotion, yeah, then like there's like a co-regulation that can happen. And that's where some of the shift can start to change, you know, yeah. can start to happen. And that's something I still have a lot of space to to grow in that myself and to develop that skill but that's that's what I'm working on and that's where I see the the meaningful changes actually starting to occur yeah okay well your podcast has not launched yet but a million other amazing things from you have um where can people find and follow more of you um, the best place to find me and get to all of my stuff is my website. It's kristenking.com, K-R-I-S-T-E-N-King.com. And from there, you'll get linked to my socials, my email list, um, any any kind of free resources that I have, my one-on-one -on -one coaching, my group membership program that is going to be launching later this year. It's the Fuck Yeah Entrepreneurs Society, a.k.a. F-E-S. Um, so all of that stuff is on my website and I would love to connect with you. So I hope you'll come find me and click all the links and follow me all the places. Thank you. Thanks for having Until me. Until our next conversation. <laughs>
Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.